0: All right, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Today's episode is really special. I have Kaylee from Educom on the podcast today, and she is going to be talking to us all about mindfulness and how we can easily implement some quick Strategies for practicing mindfulness in our everyday lives that are going to have a huge difference for us in our classrooms, in the way that we just work through every single day in a more positive, more joyful, and more mindful way to help us bring that balance back into our lives that we are all just so wanting, right? So I just really love today's episode and I'm super excited to share it with you guys. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in to talking about mindfulness with Kaylee.
1: Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game changing
0: lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your
1: teaching life just a bit easier. And now, your host from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell.
0: All right, you guys. I'm so excited to be here today with Kaylee from Educom. They also have a podcast called The
1: Balanced Educator Podcast. Welcome, Kaylee. It's so good to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast, so I'm really excited to connect with your listeners. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. The feeling is absolutely mutual.
0: Thanks. <laughs> um, so as we get started, I would love for you to just give us a little bit of background information about you, about Educom, kind of the mission of what you do and your kind of goal with mindfulness for educators and in students in their classrooms.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it all started um, early on in my teaching career. So my partner in EDUCOM, Josiane, and I, we went to university together. And while we were in university, we kind of were workout buddies. And when we started teaching, we recognized really quickly that wow, there's a lot to juggle here. Like we have taken on a lot and finding balance is really a struggle. So we were looking for ways to find a way to manage our emotions and the overwhelm that comes with being a new teacher. So we started going to yoga together. We started deepening that yoga practice, practicing mindfulness. So doing a mindfulness meditation on our own and really started to notice how this mindfulness practice was helping us to feel more calm, more balanced. It was teaching us how to understand our emotions and balance our emotions. It was also really teaching us how to recognize um, just how we're feeling and give, gave us that space to go, what is it that I need for myself right now so that I can be the best version of myself? Does that mean you know taking a little break alone, taking a couple deep breaths, Uh, going to bed earlier tonight, just really little things that we were learning from this practice. And we were also noticing that as we were practicing mindfulness for ourselves, it just helped us to be better teachers. Like we were calmer and we had more patience with our students. Um, We were able to respond in difficult situations without being overly emotional. And as we were learning all this for ourselves, we quickly went, wow, we should be sharing this with our students. Like we have so many students coming into our classroom that are anxious, overwhelmed, suffering from depression. And those numbers of kids and and teens that are dealing with depression and anxiety, they're just going up in this busy world. Mm -hmm. So we felt, hey, we we have something we can share with them. So we started teaching mindfulness in our own classrooms. We both became yoga teachers. So we knew how to do this in our own classrooms. On, and we did it on a daily basis. And when we were doing it daily with our students, we saw such transformations in our students. We saw huge transformations in our classroom culture. Like it was just calmer. It was more relaxed. And we had this common vocabulary that allowed us to support our students when they were going through difficult moments. So we just, yeah, saw that, wow, this is like a really good tool. We're going to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. But then we started having our colleagues coming into our classrooms and kind of poking their heads in and going, why is everything so calm in here? Like, why are you, Why is everything going so well? What's your... <laughs> so we would say like, oh, it's really easy. You just have to teach five minutes of mindfulness at the beginning of the day. And then we'd get this deer in headlights look from those teachers that were like, well, I don't know how to do that. Right, right. And also you know, when we're teaching things in the classroom is generally something that we've spent our whole lives learning, like math. We started learning that from kindergarten. We know what it looks like to teach math in school. And then as teachers, we were trained in how to teach math in the classroom, right? That just isn't true for mindfulness for most of us. So Josiane and I kind of brainstormed, her like, how can we support these teachers that want to be bringing mindfulness into their classroom, but don't know how? And, You know, they need They need a tool that makes it so easy and also a tool that helps them to learn with their students. Mm -hmm. Many of the teachers, you know, we're such giving people as teachers. We give, give, give. And we when we see that our students are struggling, well, we want to give to them. Yes, I want to do mindfulness in my classroom for my students. But oftentimes we don't even recognize when we need the mindfulness for ourselves. So, we wanted something that brought teacher and student together in the classroom to start the day or start their block together with these five minutes of calm so that everyone could get out of that stress response, connect, relax, and get the brain ready for teaching and learning. Yeah. Well, that's how we came up with (laughs) EduCalm. Absolutely. I love it. I think it's so important because
0: we actually have mindfulness at our school or the school where I was previously teaching. And, you know, the gal had been coming in for three years. And I've always been a little bit into meditation, anyways, and kind of yoga practice and connecting with myself and just that kind of whole different way of. Doing things, I guess it's kind of a totally different mindset right to to be a part of that world And so I was very open to it Whereas a lot of the teachers, you know, weren't really sure like how is this really gonna help us? And over the course of three years, I mean I saw such a change not only in my students, but in myself You know, I felt like like what you were talking about. I was going to school calm. You know, situations that arose didn't stress me out or bother me. And I was able to approach my students in a much more calmer, level-headed way because I wasn't being controlled or I wasn't really allowing my emotions to control me in the way that I used to. And to be able to do that for our students and to be able to do that for ourselves, I think just has such a positive impact in our classrooms, in our environment and in our learning. And so I think what you guys are doing is just so, so important. And I want your message to get out yeah. to just everybody because I think it's so fabulous. And I think it really just has such a positive impact on the educative world. So- Thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> You're
1: welcome. Well, thank you for helping us to spread our message because yes. yeah, that's what we really care about is supporting teachers and students in their mental health, in their well-being, because we really believe in what studies are really starting to show more and more is that the brain isn't ready to learn before we've dealt with the social and emotional part of ourselves that when we come into the classroom both as a teacher and as a student we just are more effective when we are coming from a calm state when we're feeling good when we're in the present moment and when we're learning mindfulness we're we're actually training our brain we're building connections in our brain that allow us to focus on one thing at a time mm-hmm. so that's what mindfulness is really it's just paying attention on purpose. It's yes. recognizing where are you directing your attention right now? So am I, you know, where's my attention right now? Am I thinking about something that happened before? And as I'm thinking about it, it's making me feel stressed out. Mm-hmm. Or as many of us teachers do, am I thinking about what's going to happen later? And while I'm talking to this student, my mind is actually on the next thing on my to-do list and mm-hmm. that's stressing me out. And it helps us, as we practice mindfulness, to recognize when our brain is elsewhere, when our thoughts are elsewhere, and to come back to the present moment. And in this moment, really being here, experiencing it, enjoying it. Yes. You know, like our life is right here, and this is where the awesomeness happens. So when we can come back to the present moment a little bit quicker with more awareness, then we just get to spend more time feeling good and enjoying our lives and enjoying our students and loving our careers. Yes. And being happy, right? And not being stressed out and bogged down
0: and overwhelmed with all of the other things that can come along with teaching. Um, So I think that really spoke to kind of my second question or some of the benefits of practicing mindfulness. Like what are some of the things if I as a teacher start to implement mindfulness into my life maybe first? Before I introduce it into my classroom, how am I going to benefit in my life in finding that balance that I'm, you know, always seeking as a, a teacher in our
1: current world today? Yeah. So, I mean, as teachers, we generally are givers and the type of people that take on a lot, both emotionally and like a lot of tasks. So we're multitaskers, <laughs> and we want to do everything for others. So as we're doing that, oftentimes our mind is somewhere else. Now, the really cool thing about the human brain and the human body is that it's actually our thoughts that create our emotions. So it's the thoughts we're thinking and therefore the perspective we're taking that make us feel the way that we do. So in this very moment, if your listeners want to do the little experiment, (laughs) you just close your eyes or don't and just, Think about the best day of your life and who was there on that day? Who were you with? Was it daytime or was it nighttime? And what was the season? Was it cold or warm? Were there any smells, any tastes? How did you feel on the best day of your life, that awesome day? Now, as we build that picture in our mind, that's just our thoughts, imagining something in our mind, we actually start to create those emotions. So as I said, when we're often thinking about the future or the past and our brain is trying to solve problems and protect us against something that could go wrong in the future, so we're thinking of all the different ways that we could solve that problem, we're imagining something, but our body thinks we're really there. Mm -hmm. Our body thinks that we're there in this moment. So it's creating those stress hormones in our body. Now, stress in and of itself isn't a bad thing. Our body is created to have this stress response for a very good reason. It's to protect us. But as teachers, most of us are kind of in this stress soup a lot of the time. (laughs) And when we're in this stress soup a lot of the time, it's really hard on our body. And It really gives us an outlook that is, you know, we're kind of always seeing the negative because we're stressed and we're looking for the problems and trying to protect ourselves. Yes. When we're practicing mindfulness, we're training our mind to recognize when we're somewhere else and come back to the present moment. And in this moment, I'm actually okay. I love it.
0: That makes me so happy. (laughs) used this conversation when I was flying back from Ohio this past weekend because I'm just imagining like all of the things you're talking about, I'm afraid of flying. And so I have, you know, I was listening to this podcast episode the other day where the guy was saying, you know, you're the thinker of your thoughts. You know, they're just thoughts. You are in charge of them. And that in turn, like you're saying, controls your emotions. And so when I'm flying, my thoughts go to really bad places. And so I live in this state of, panic and fear and anxiety, you know, the whole four hours on the flight and I can't do anything else. I'm not physically capable of doing anything. I couldn't imagine, let alone learning or teaching or, you know, trying to do a bigger task than just sit on the plane and try to survive. Um, And so I think that that's so important is to realize how powerful your thoughts are. And like you're saying, to come back to the present moment and to live in the moment as opposed to being consistently concerned about these other things that are maybe most likely beyond our control
1: that we don't have control over, you know? Exactly. I always like the saying that worry is wishing for the thing that you don't want to happen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? Good. So yes. if I'm worried about, you know, jumping in the ocean and a shark is going to bite me, well, my body thinks that that's actually happening. So I'm creating that reality in my body, even mm-hmm. though it's not in my physical reality. Right. Right. So, yeah. When we practice mindfulness, we, we really, begin to notice our thoughts. So we start to notice all the crazy places that our brain goes and how much our brain likes to attach to worries and stresses. So we start to just pay attention to that. Notice like, oh, interesting. This is where my brain likes to go. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when you catch your brain going on some crazy tangent, then you go, okay, let's come back to what's real right now. Yes. Yes. Right now I'm breathing my feet are on the floor. And as we start to do that, recognize our thoughts, we also start to recognize how's my body feeling when I'm thinking this thought. And then over time, we start to connect like, oh, when I'm thinking in this way, I start to get this, this knot in my stomach, or I start to feel this energy around my heart that feels yucky. And then that can start becoming cues for us, like, oh, I have this knot in my stomach. Oh, I must be thinking of something that's stressing me out. Okay, let's come back to the present moment. Mm -hmm. So you start really kind of observing your experience rather than being drowned in your experience. So I like to think of it a lot as, you know, over time you develop this space where before you start practicing mindfulness, when you're having a big emotion, it's like you're, in a lake on a windy day, and you are being pushed around by the waves, and you are in that emotion. Mm-hmm. You start practicing mindfulness. You start to be able to recognize when you're stuck in those waves, get out of the water, sit next to the, the lake, and watch the waves and go, Oh, how interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at those emotions that I'm having. Oh, huh, that's interesting. And when we start to develop that skill of seeing our emotions rather than drowning in our emotions, then that's when we can start bringing that into our relationships with our students. And when we have a student that just happens to walk up to ask for a question while we're in the middle of juggling 15 other things and, and, you know, they're asking a silly question and immediately your emotions are like, ah, I don't have time for this. Mm -hmm. Instead of just reacting right away, it gives you this little space where you go, ah, I can feel myself getting frustrated. Mm -hmm. Okay, what are the tools that I've learned in my mindfulness practice to help me when I'm feeling frustrated? Let's take one deep breath. (sighs) Okay, now how do I want to respond to this student? Yes. It gives you this space, this awareness that helps you to, you know, watch your life rather than be drowned in it. Yes, I love that
0: so much and I think, you know, One of the things that our mindfulness teacher talked to us about too in dealing with that and being able to kind of sit by your emotions and observe them and accept them is to not judge them, right? Mm -hmm. There's no judgment that we're going to put on ourselves for feeling that way or for thinking those thoughts, but to just be aware of them and acknowledge them and it's okay. Yes. And yes. I, just, I love that because we are so hard on ourselves, right? I feel like especially as teachers, you know, we always want to be doing the best and putting our best foot forward and being the best for everybody. And when we have, you know, these these bad thoughts or bad emotions and we get frustrated and we, then we feel worse, well, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, right? We're only human. It's exactly. like you're saying, being able to take a step back, take that breath, give yourself that space, and then be able to live in the present moment and help
1: that student who bothered you when all kinds of other things were going on. Yeah, exactly. And mindfulness really does develop that that compassion muscle. And because you start to be able to take a step back, you stop you stop being so hard on both yourself and others because you start to recognize the the negative self-talk in your mm-hmm. mind. You start to recognize like, oh, well, I the things that I'm thinking right now, like I wouldn't say that to a friend. That's a right. terrible thing to to think. Or if my friend was sad, I wouldn't get mad at her for being sad. I would support her. So if I'm sad, How can I support myself rather Mm -hmm. than than try to just push it away and think, oh, this isn't right? So yeah, it's really the, the beautiful thing about mindfulness for teachers, I think, is to really be able to become friends with your emotions and the emotions of your students. Because being a teacher is a really emotional job like you care for those kids with all your heart you want the best for them and you take on so much of the emotions that they're feeling their ups their downs their struggles you really most teachers really kind of pull that into their heart and they feel those feelings too so when we can develop this mindfulness practice it's almost like it's like taking a bath for our heart because we hold on to so much and just being aware of what we're holding on to and having strategies breathing strategies, thinking strategies, um, perception strategies that help us to just kind of release that and come back to the moment is so powerful.
0: Yeah, I, I love that so much. The bath for the heart that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. so going- off of that with your with the strategies that you're talking about, what are two to three like actionable things that our listeners could take away if they're like, okay, I'm on board, I like this, I, I want to practice mindfulness, what are some things that we can do without having maybe a ton of knowledge about mindfulness and the way that it works? What are some things that I can do to incorporate those into my life as a
1: teacher? So we really like to teach to start extremely small, starting with something so small that you can start making it a habit in your life. So what I would suggest is to, right after you brush your teeth in the morning, to take five deep breaths. Just five deep breaths. That's it. And just pay attention to how those breaths feel. And then start to pay attention to How does taking that moment, less than 60 seconds for yourself, where you're paying attention to what's happening right now, how does that translate into the rest of your day? Now, most of the time when teachers or anyone is starting to do this, just easy five breaths, they start to recognize after a couple weeks, like, you know what, those simple five breaths are actually making a difference for me, (laughs) And then you start to build on that. So one tool that I, we really love to share is five finger breathing. So I'm going to teach it to your listeners right now. So as long as you aren't driving, try this. <laughs> if you're driving, just remember it for later. But you're going to put one hand out in front of you. And you're gonna use the index finger from your other hand and place it where your wrist and the base of your thumb meet. Now we're gonna trace our hand really slowly as we breathe really deeply. So as you inhale through your nose, trace your finger up to the top of your thumb. As you exhale, trace down the other side. Inhale up your index finger. Exhale down the other side. Inhale up your middle finger. Exhale down. Inhale up your ring finger. Exhale down. Inhale up your pinky finger. Exhale down. And just notice how you feel. So what's great about five finger breathing is it gives you a visual and also kind of forces you to actually take those five breaths. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. if you finish brushing your teeth and you're like, yeah, and you're like, oh, five, five breaths, you kind of might not actually stick to it. Yes. So using your hand really helps you to also focus on the present moment because you're mm-hmm. focusing on your hand.
0: Our um, mindfulness teacher with the kindergartners called those mountains and valleys. So as you go oh. up, your, you're going up the mountain and then down into the valley. Um, That's awesome. true because you really are paying attention as you move to take the breath up and breathe out. And I just, I, I think that's very powerful as simple as it is.
1: Yeah. So incorporating breathing into your day, that would be one strategy. Another strategy that we really like to, you know, get teachers on board with is do something fun in the morning. Like just do something that you enjoy because we most of us wake up in the morning and the second we open our eyes we're on to our to-do list we're on to the next thing we're moving fast we're we're you know we're not we're already in our classroom when we're in the shower mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so choose one activity that you can do in the morning and it could be something that you're already doing but do it with full awareness so you know when you're taking your shower and you're washing your hair like really massage your scalp really <laughs> Notice how it feels. Really pay attention to the smell of the shampoo and turn that everyday shower into something that is joyful for you. And you can make that switch simply by just paying attention in the moment. And then you'll notice pretty quick that your mind's gonna go elsewhere. You're gonna start thinking about your day. And then when you do, that's okay. Just notice that you're elsewhere and with kindness and compassion, come back to the present moment and do that over and over. So maybe it's your shower. Maybe it's your morning coffee. Maybe it's playing your favorite music on your drive or your walk to work. Just something for yourself where you're going, this is my time to fill my cup so that I can be more present with my students. Yes. Great. And I think that's easy for people
0: to do. Yes. Like you said, it's something that maybe we're already doing, but we're just bringing more awareness and joy. To that moment, you know every sip of that hot chocolate. I'm not a coffee drinker, so that hot chocolate (laughs) is, you know, special is is magical to me. Is like meaningful to me as I start my day.
1: Yes, absolutely. And another thing that we really like to suggest is just bringing pauses into your day. Again, as a teacher, you know, most of the time we don't even take the time to go to the bathroom. (laughs) We are going from one thing to the next, and. We, you don't have to take a full hour to yourself, but when the bell rings and as soon as your students leave the class, just pause and do five finger breathing or take one deep breath and just check in. What do I need right now? How can I support myself so that I'm ready to support my students? So maybe that means just go to the bathroom, <laughs> go for a little walk, um, you know, make yourself some tea, take one deep breath, watch a funny or a cute YouTube video. Something that helps you again to come back to the present moment and remember, I'm a human too. And when I can regulate myself and come back to the moment, well, then I'm going to be better able to help my students be regulated.
0: Yes. And I, I did find myself doing that. Um, what you're talking about, when my kids would leave, I'd sit at my desk and I'd take a full deep breath in and a full deep breath out and be like, okay, and just kind of sit with myself for yeah. a moment of calm, and I think that it just helps you, even though it's like so seems so minuscule and like such not such a big deal. It resets you, you know, and just gets
1: you ready for the next class that's about to a whirlwind come into your classroom. <laughs> yes, yeah. And another thing, as we were saying, reset. This just popped into mind. Like one thing that I really like doing in my classroom. Um, is having something that indicates a reset for me. So there's two strategies that I used. (laughs) One of them is very simple. When my students would leave the classroom, I would just wipe my hand along my shoulders and down my arms, kind of like I was like wiping Mm -hmm. like something like water off of my arm or something. And that was just an indication that like, okay, that moment is past and now I'm in this moment. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of got my brain to sort of click back into the present moment and slow the, the speed of what's coming next. Yes. Or another thing that I really like, and this depends on, you know, if you have, if you're in a scent free school or anything like that, but. I'd also use a little essential oil spray, just a a peppermint or a cedarwood essential oil in a water bottle, and I would just give myself a little spritz and that uplifting scent, I would just appreciate it, take a deep breath in, and that became my routine. So as I did it every day, it helped me to reset quicker because your brain actually picks up on these habits that you have. Mm -hmm. And if you have these reset habits within your day, that you're always doing, your brain goes, oh, time to let go of the sp- stress. This is the cue to relax. Yes. And it's easier over time. It's like you're building this muscle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we forget that, right? That the brain is a muscle that we can train and that we can, you know, work on and, and build and strengthen in different ways. And just like you're talking, that muscle memory, um, mm-hmm. I think is just an easy little thing that we can do that can have a profound difference for us in our lives. and. Help us find that balance, (laughs) that calmness. Yes, Yes, Um, exactly. So as we're coming kind of close to the the end here, I wanted to ask you to talk to us. I just saw on your podcast that you guys have a five podcast series basically about avoiding teacher burnout, which I know a lot of teachers go through. I went through it after four years of teaching. I actually quit. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm going to go into corporate America, which is a whole other story about how awful that was and how much better teaching is for me (laughs) (laughs) and how much I love education. Um, So that was a good experience in the long term. Um, But I know a lot of teachers feel that way. I mean, even right now in September, you know, school has started and I've talked to some of my friends and they're already feeling like, oh, and I, how do we help uh, others not feel that uh, way and have that joy in their lives? Because, our job is a, a huge part of our life. You know, we spend so much time there. So, how can we kind of retrain ourselves to to, to see it differently, right? To look at things differently and to avoid wanting to leave mid-year or yeah. at the end of the school year.
1: Yeah. So I love how you said like see things differently. So this five-part training, I invite everyone to check it out. So um, we we wanted to create these podcast episodes like a training. So it's it's really teaching you something. There's a lot of takeaways and we even have free worksheets that go with each episode. So our podcast is called The Balanced Educator Podcast. So you can find it anywhere that you find podcasts, or you can go to our website, educalm.com. So that's E-D-U-C-A-L-M-E dot com, and go to our podcast, and there'll be free um, downloadable worksheets that, and really um, built out uh, blog posts as well. In case there's people that prefer to consume their content through like written words, mm-hmm. so it's there too. So. In this series, we're teaching how to avoid teacher burnout by creating habits and understanding how our brain really works and understanding how our emotions work and what we can do, what power we have to be able to choose how we're looking at things. So we give really actionable strategies and really get into the brain side of it, just background about myself. I was a biology teacher, so I'm obsessed with psychology and I love neuroscience and I love understanding how the brain learns. That's what I, I don't read novels. That's what I read on <laughs> read textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. But yeah. So we really got into that side of things, but then exactly how to implement it in your life. So in the five part series, um, you'll see they're all titled avoiding or avoid teacher burnout. Mm-hmm. First episode, we talk about how our brain creates habits. So, you know, it gets our brain gets into habits of action and also habits of thought, and also we get into habits of emotion. So once you understand how your brain creates a habit and why it creates habits, it makes it so much easier to break bad habits, create good habits and, and catch yourself when things aren't going well and kind of steer yourself into a more positive direction. Then in the second episode, we talk about how to be mindful of your thoughts. So we talked a lot today about really noticing what your thoughts are. That can be really hard in the beginning. So we break it down and teach exactly how to notice the thoughts that you're thinking and how we can start retraining our brain because it is a muscle. So we're literally wiring our brain to think in new ways. Um, And then in the next episode on avoiding teacher burnout, we talk about emotions. So how we can really work with our emotions and start to like, what can we do when I, when my students just leave the classroom, they're at recess, I am full of emotion. I feel like I'm gonna have a panic attack. Okay, what can I actually do in this moment? So we give really actionable strategies on how to manage those emotions. Um, And then in the next episode, we talk about perspectives. And then we talk about self-care practices in the fifth episode and how to structure them, how to create routine and habit around self-care so that we are not putting ourselves at the bottom of our to-do list because that is what so many teachers do. And when... All of our teachers are running on empty that 's not serving our students in order to serve our students. we have to first care for ourselves. so we really talk about how to make that a realistic thing in your busy teacher life
0: that 's great I think so so often um, we talk about self care but then, what does that really mean? You know, what does that really look like? How do we actually make that a part of our lives? Because I feel like so often during the school year, we're like, oh, well, I'll do that, you know, in the summertime or I'll do that on yes. winter break. And then, well, that's not really helping us those chunks of months in between that we like you said, really should be taking care of ourselves and putting ourselves first. Um, And I think that's so important. So I love that you guys put that together. And I listened to one of the episodes and I'm going to go listen to the rest of them because even though I'm not in the classroom this year, I still think so much of mindfulness is applicable to every area of your life and the things that you guys are talking about on those episodes. Can help in you know just your interpersonal relationships with your family, with your friends, and just your general happiness as a human being. Um, so thank you for creating such incredible content for us to to learn and to get better
1: and to just become the best version
0: of ourselves.
1: You are welcome. I absolutely love sharing this because it's been so transformative in my life. It has become. So transformative that I decided that like, this is what I want to do. My goal in life now is to support teachers and students and to give them this tool that like you said, is lifelong and helps us in every area of our life. Like in, in our opinion at Educom, every student should be learning mindfulness because this is really setting a foundation for them to have success throughout their entire lives. It's such an important skill. Mm-hmm.
0: So with that said, where can we find you? Will you let us know like where's the best place to connect with you if someone wants to learn even more or even bring um, your programs to their schools and pitch it to their principals? Where could they find more information about that?
1: Yeah. So, um, you can find everything on our website. So it's eduCalm.com. Uh, so that's spelled E-D-U-C-A-L-L. M-E.com. And from there you can find our podcast where um, our goal with our podcast is to help teachers to feel more calm, balanced, and joyful both in and out of the classroom. So we're teaching, you know, how to really live mindfully. So because as we said, it starts with you and then you bring it into the classroom. Um, we also have free resources to bring mindfulness into the classroom in a really easy way. So that you don't have to really know anything about mindfulness. You get to learn with your students. So you'll see on our website that there's um, a free trial for our program. Um, And that free trial never expires. So there's enough content in there for at least four or five weeks. You can use it for as long as you want. You have access to it forever. And then we also have a full year mindfulness program where you get a mindfulness lesson that it's an audio recording ready to use for every day of the full school year. And we also have um, really great content curriculum that you can use in your courses. So you can bring what your students are learning about mindfulness, kindness and compassion, growth mindset, um, focus and attention, all these different themes that we cover within our program into the classroom and connect it to your science curriculum, your your language arts, your, your social studies, all of those things. So it can really be something that's incorporated into your teaching and not just, you know, like a little side thing. Mm -hmm. So all of that is on our website Um, and yeah, we just are here to serve teachers. We think teachers are so important and there's so much on teachers' plates and we just want to do something to to make teachers' lives easier. (laughs) Well, I think that you are. So
0: I think your mission is being accomplished with everything that you guys do. I think that you're just wonderful. And I'm so appreciative that you took the time to come on our podcast and share about mindfulness and these strategies that our teachers can use um, every day and to make their lives better. So thank you so much, Kaylee, for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. This was such an awesome chat. I really appreciate you and what you're doing in the world as well. So thank you. Thank you so much. All right,
0: we'll see you guys later. I'll see you guys next Tuesday with another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Bye for now.